Welcome to the Marketing Stir Podcast by Starista, probably the most entertaining marketing podcast you're going to put in your ears. I'm Jared Walls, Associate Producer and Starista's Creative Copy Manager. The goal of this podcast is to chat with industry leaders to get their take on the current challenges of the market, but also have a little fun along the way. In this episode, Vincent and AJ talk to Howie Zisser and Zach Goldstein of Public Rec. Howie's head of marketing and Zach is CEO and founder. They discuss the challenges of expanding the product line of the leisure apparel brand, as well as the particulars to consider when working with social media influencers. AJ looks forward to a trip to New York and Vincent, not a fan of open-toed shoes. Give it a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, hello. It is me, Vincent Petrofessa of Starista, the vice president of B2B products and partnerships. That must mean one thing and one thing only, maybe two things. One, we're on a sales call together. That would be weird. Or two, we are on the marketing stir. It is so Great to be here, ladies and gentlemen. We have a special episode today. You'll find out why. It's only the second time we've done an episode like this. I'm probably stumping my co-host. He may not even know what I'm what I mean by this, but we'll get to him in a moment. First, let's pay some bills. Starista, who are we? Identity marketing company. We focus on helping customers get new customers. We own our own databases, business to business, business to consumer. We have our own technology, our own DSP, Adster. We can generate, display, connected TV. We can help you get new customers, right? Do I even need to say more? Email me, vincent at starista.com. That is how confident I am. I just gave you my email address. Thank you. The only other thing I'm confident in, in life, not that's if my wife heard this, she'd be like, wait a minute, really? You're talking about your co-host like this? Is my co-host, my commander in chief here at Starista, CEO of Starista, Mr. AJ Gupta. What's going on, AJ? Hey, Vincent. Good to see you again. It's been a little while since we recorded one of these. I know, I know. We're busy. I was just in San Antonio. I just saw the team, real people, real high fives, real hugs. No more of those weird fist bump and a person sticking out their foot to say hello. I'm like, what are you doing? You have an open toe shoe on. Why would you even do that right now? But yes, it was great to see you in person and the team. I already miss you. I already missed the team. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing you and our New York team in about a couple, I guess only a couple of weeks now. So we're getting to some normalcy here where I'm seeing you more often than, I guess, more than once every year. So. Look at this, right? <laughs> Lucky you. It's uh, the Gupta returns to New York City. We're happy to have him in uh, July. So any of our listeners want to meet up with us, email me. I can't guarantee it, but you know, we uh, at least reach out to us. But AJ, do you know why this is the second type of episode that we have? What is so unique about this episode? I believe we have two special guests instead of one. Uh, see, that's why you're the CEO. Double, and double the fun. Double the fun. And this company, man, I got to tell you, some of the softest, best quality fabrics uh, that I don't, even, I don't even know where you source. So don't give that away because that's a whole other thing. We don't want to give all those secrets away. 
but a company that is doing it right, you got to see, you got to check them out. Talking about public rec, ladies and gentlemen, and we have two amazing guests. You know, I feel like I'm an old man looking at these young, I was like, ah, I'm in my 40s. These guys, are, you know, definitely look younger than me. Um, so I'll tell you that now. But ladies and gentlemen, I want to please welcome to the Marketing Stir. First, we have the head of marketing, Howie. Zisser and the founder, CEO Zach Goldstein of Public Rec. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome them to the marketing stir. What's up, fellas? How's it going? Hey, it's good. Uh, glad to be here. Thank you for having us. And are you, you guys are younger than 42. Yeah, I, I, I could tell that. Uh, <laughs> you know, I love it. I love this. Look at this youth, AJ. Youth. I don't feel it if that if that means anything. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Winston doesn't feel a day older than 25. So. No way, nor do I act it. No, I have to. I have children, I have small kids, so I have to be an adult sometimes. But it is so awesome having you guys on. Thank you both for joining us. I love that we're going to get you know, two perspectives, really, because, you know, one, you know, Howie with the, the marketing aspect and Zach, you know, founding, uh, you know, the, the company. But first, Zach, let's go to you. Tell us about yourself, your role within the organization, and just tell the public out there, you know, what Public Rec is. Yeah, uh, so I'm the CEO and founder. Started the brand uh, about six years ago. We're a leisure apparel brand, uh, mainly direct to consumer, mainly selling through our website. Um, we started with one pair of pants, the all-day everyday pant. It's a nicer fitting pair of, you know, sweatpants. They come in a waist and inseam sizing, so they fit better. Um, we were, you know, launched the brand, built it over the last five years, men's only, and then recently uh, launched women's uh, in December last year. Um, but yeah, excited to be here. And um, yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, awesome. And then Howie, tell us about yourself, how you, you know, you know joined a Public Rec or your, your involvement in it and some of your day-to-day -day responsibilities there. Sure. Yeah. So I'm the head of marketing for Public Rec. So with, I assume, any fast-growing company wearing a lot of different hats, but spending a lot of my time just overseeing all of our paid channels, uh, digital and offline, from social to search, influencers, affiliate, podcasts, um, and then also identifying new channels so that we can continue growing and reaching our new customers uh, as we hit new milestones. And Zach, Tell us about how Public Rec started. Is it you were just, were you into fashion? Were you just into like, I, I really want, there's not a big, uh, you know, there, there's a need, I should say, for some more leisure wear that looks really good for men. I feel like, you know, men were neglected for many years with this. So I, I just want to uh, understand like why. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of always knew I wanted to start a company. Uh, that was just, you know, a passion I've had for a long time. Um, throughout college, wearing lots of baggy sweatpants and baggy sweatshirts and uh, feeling like there wasn't a brand that was focused on updating that type of clothing for men in particular. Uh, you know, it was always like a big baggy hoodie with the college logo or, you know, gray sweatpants. Um, and so, you know, had the idea in college, uh, didn't pursue it right after college, went into finance after college. Um, but the idea kind of stuck with me, continue to think about it. And I, from a young age, always kind of felt comfortable walking into a clothing store and quickly picking out what I thought, you know, looked good and what others might, you know, like. And so I, I felt comfortable in that space. Um, 
and yeah, so, you know, it got to a point where I was feeling okay about pursuing it. Um, started working on it, figuring out how do you make a prototype? How do you find fabric? How do you make a pair of pants and find factories? Uh, and, and we launched on Kickstarter in May, 2015. And that was really the initial launch of the brand. Zach, through a little bit of how things have changed over time, and uh, especially in the last year, as more people are working from home, has that been a benefit for you? I think I think a shift that we were experiencing, you know, before COVID was just people were dressing more casually. Um, you know, that was just something we were seeing in society beforehand, and and as you know, COVID hits, people start spending more time in home. Uh, I think that just kind of accelerated the shift we were seeing towards more casual clothes. Um, there, the, a part of the aspect for the brand is that, you know, they're clothes that are comfortable, super comfortable, but you can still feel good about wearing them outside of the house. And so I think now we'll, we'll start to see as people go back into the, doing things out, outdoors more that um, hopefully the brand is resonating even more because it's, you know, comfort that you could wear inside your house, but still feel good about taking it outside. Yeah. So it, it, it's, uh, it was, I think it was helpful for the brand and uh, in terms of just, you know, moving society towards more casual, comfortable clothing and we'll continue to see how it plays out. Yeah, that, that resonates with us. Uh, we have definitely, we, we just started returning to office uh, occasionally uh, this week actually, and our clothing requirements have definitely changed to a much more casual atmosphere now so it makes sense uh how a question for you how has marketing changed over the evolution of the company what are some of the uh goals that have changed for you or not changed yeah uh so as we've grown zach alluded to earlier we've expanded our products and also added a women's line so Early on, marketing was pretty simple of just promoting the all-day, everyday pant. That was our only product for a while, and then it was our main product and hero product. And as we've grown, we've added new styles um, in, in just different categories entirely that have proved to be winners for us. So just expanding and broadening out the, the marketing messages and pushing different products, and along with that, uh, as we've grown the product line, we have shorts and joggers and different types there. So working on like seasonality types of things, pushing more messaging around the shorts and more summer outfits at this time of year, and then gearing up and ramping back up for, for pants and bottom season as we head into the fall. And you know what? Uh, I always try to I consider myself a fashionista just based on the shirt I'm wearing right here. You know what I love? First of all, you mentioned it too, Zach. I love the fact that you could normally when you get a, a jogger per se, it's like medium, large, extra large, right? This is tailored to the, the size. So it fits better. I'm a 36 waist. I'm putting that out to the world. I'm not ashamed of it. I love it anyway. Um, but I, I love that fact of it. And, and, and also I love the fact what's in what you're doing for the, you know, men and women's line, really, I saw it in the women's line is the same color that's that's very much in kind of like the sweatshirt and the same color pants I've, I've seen that that's really not a question i'm just saying good good stuff i love where, you, where you're going with that my question is um what made you add the women's line i'm really i, I love seeing that and i love seeing that the combinations there but what what made it uh you know add it was it a result of 
just people say, hey, you know, what about us? Or uh, what was the thought process behind it? Yeah, I think we've been getting inbound from women uh, for a long time now. Like, you know, can you make this for us? Can you make, you know, have a women's offering? And so that's that's a demand that we felt for a little bit now and felt comfortable kind of testing into and seeing, you know, how the how the brand would resonate with women. And then, you know, as you mentioned, one of the big things that we've done to differentiate the brand and for the product is offering waist and length sizing because for men, you know, leisure pants, normally small, medium and large, often don't fit because of that. And it was, you know, why is it, it feels like that was being ignored for men. And then as we started to, you know, learn more about the women's space and understand how women shop, it was like, you know, that's the same problem, if not even greater for women of like, they don't have a waist in the inseam, it's, it's one size. So it's like, you know, it often doesn't fit well, it needs alterations or, you know, um, or you just need to find the brand that fits you. And so the same kind of problem and messaging that we were trying to solve for men seemed to resonate and transfer to women. Um, and so, you know, spent a bunch of time developing product, spent a bunch of time sharing the product with women, getting feedback, you know, understanding if it was resonating, if the fit was right and, um, you know, got comfortable with, you know, it makes sense now for the brand um, and, and kind of went after it. Uh, yeah, like I said, we launched December 2020, uh, worked on it for probably two years before that. Um, and we're still, you know, we're still learning, we're still figuring it out and um, getting customer feedback and figuring out, you know, what works for women. And uh, yeah, but it, it, it's been a great, you know, uh, launch for us and, and we're excited to keep growing it. And what would you say separates your brand in, in you know, the leisure apparel arena? Yeah, I, I mean, so we, we spend, you know, usually two to three years before we come out with a product, sourcing fabric and then refining the fit. So, you know, we're, we're incredibly focused on whatever we come out with. We want it to be, you know, perfect and be better than what's out there today and differentiated. Um, so there's, there's a high focus on the product. And then like, you know, as far as the brand, we try to think of our, we're, we're, we're sourcing expensive fabrics. Um, and then, and then we try to think of these fabrics being able to transfer, not just for comfort in home, but for comfort outside of home and still look good outside, outside of home. So like the versatility, uh, of the brand is something that we try to focus on and make sure that kind of, no matter what you're doing throughout the day, you still look good in our stuff. You can go to the gym, you can go to the office. You know, you can go grab drinks with friends or travel in it um, and kind of it works for all those different occasions. Uh, and yeah, so, I mean, we're trying to differentiate it and um, yeah. Zach, walk us through the uh, creative process that goes into creating a clothing item and what the QA process is and how does it go from uh, concept to being on your store? Yeah, I so... We, we have a lot of help. We have, we, we're working with a couple of designers who we've worked with for, you know, four or five years. We have a few different production partners, a few different factories, and then a production partner. So we have a lot of different parties that are helping out, but it kind of starts with, you know, I, I helped drive the product. It was something I was always kind of passionate about. So for men's in particular, it's, you know, either I'm coming up with, you know, what about this, or it's our designer or someone in the team will surface something and say, you know, a customer has asked about this, or I, I saw this the other day, what about this for us? Um, so it all starts with, you know, an idea from, you know, anyone we're working with. And then it's like, okay, what's out there today in the market that's similar or 
to what we're talking about and how do we do it better or differently or or if it doesn't exist today you know let's talk a little bit about more about how we're going to execute on it and why it doesn't exist today um and then so it's you know a lot of just coming up with the, the product and then you know how does it complement what we have today uh you know is it for summer is it not for summer is it a bottom is it a top and then what type of fabric do we want it in is it an existing fabric we use today if not it's you know let's go out and see what else is in there in the market and see fabrics that we like. And, you know, do we like a similar fabric that we want to see in this design or not? Um, and then, it, and then it's, you know, we're, we're putting together a tech pack, uh, which is like the technical term that you send to the factory that gives them instructions on how to make the product. They send back prototypes. So you send the technical, the tech pack to them, you get back a prototype in three or four weeks, you, you give comments on it. You find out if you like the fabric that you chose, you end up usually changing the fabric multiple times. You're changing the fit multiple times. Um, yeah, it, it can be a long process uh, back and forth. And then hopefully we got to a point where we're comfortable. You know, the fit's good. The fabric's good. Let's go and make a, a, a whole bulk order. Howie, question for you. Talk to me a little bit about your marketing stack. What are some of the marketing tools that you live by and uh, love and recommend to other people? Yeah, I mean, our marketing stack is pretty basic, honestly. Uh, we use a lot of the native platforms, you know, business manager for Facebook and Instagram, um, Google ads for Google ads, and then increasingly with the changes in the ecosystem alongside iOS, uh, looking more holistically at Google Analytics and getting kind of like a source of truth, even though it's just last click there to kind of match up some of the the missing data that we're seeing in different platforms with what we're definitely seeing at the very least in Google Analytics through last click. Uh, so that kind of gives us a North Star to, to direct us and guide us forward about where to allocate budgets in the coming weeks and months. And uh, Howie, staying with you, are, have there been things that marketing wise that you've done in the past that you thought were really going to work that didn't? And then that same thing, kind of what, what surprised you about some channels, right? Was it, you know, one day so-and-so wearing your thing where that, you know, an influencer by accident wore it or, uh, you know, talk to me about some of those, you know, that process, if you will. Yeah. Um, trying to think specific examples of anything. I think like with just generally speak, like with influencers, there's just a lot of work that needs to go into it. It can be, especially like early on, as we got into it, it can be exciting when someone has a large follower account or something like that um, and looks like a good fit for the brand and everything, but maybe just doesn't perform for whatever reason or, you know, interests weren't maybe aligned. So that has been a learning process, just figuring out exactly what it is in a, whether it's an influencer or affiliate or other partner. Uh, looking for what the metrics that matter are. And it's not so much about some of the more vanity metrics like follower account and even sometimes engagement rate can be misleading. Mm -hmm. um, some of the things that have gone really well that were a little bit of like a cross your fingers and let's hope um, is we've done a lot of podcast testing and you know within there, you know, we find winners, we find losers, of course, but we've seen a lot of success from the ones that have won. And it's also nice just anecdotally when we hear from our own networks of people listening to a particular podcast and they stumble across our ad. Uh, it's just nice to see stuff in the wild like that. 
um, and, and we'll get the occasional tag from a, some, a celebrity or an athlete, which is always fun for us to see and yeah. uh, is a nice pat on the back and cool for us to see it at the moment. Well, that's awesome. And, uh, you know, Zach, we've talked to a lot of different companies and brands on the podcast. And I say this as this is okay if, it, if this is the case, because we have some brands who throughout the pandemic it boomed, right? Or, or, or increased sales because they're solving a solution, right? We had a company on called Make Space and you know, people were just like, what do I do with all this stuff? I may move, I might not. But because more people, I think in general, just like, all right, well, I'm gonna be at home, these, you know, I still need to look good, but I want to be comfortable. Did that, quote unquote, help uh, the brand? Uh, I, I was going to say, I think, I think it hurt us a little bit. Uh, oh. mm -hmm. we, we grew year over year. Uh, I don't think we grew at the rate we otherwise would have. Um, you know, we were fortunate to still grow and fortunate, you know, that we didn't have to fire anyone and all, and, and, and incredibly fortunate with all that. But I think in general, for our main customer men who are staying home um you know we still saw some people who you know were buying our stuff and and, and that was great but i think it, it felt like the majority were more towards the you know i'm going to be home i don't it doesn't really matter what i look like mm. uh, i don't i'm not sure i need to buy new clothes and then there's you know there's some uncertainty in, in the job market or you know what my income disposable income might look like going forward so it's like do i need to buy new clothes or should i you know keep it for things like food or whatever, you know, more, um, and more immediate needs. And so, uh, I think, I think we suffered from that a little bit. Um, but yeah, generally it's, it's hard to tell how much, uh, one impact had versus the other of like, you know, people wanting to be comfortable and, yeah. you know, how they viewed our product. No, interesting perspective. Yeah. Zachary, have you looked at uh, going direct to retail or opening even your own retail stores? Yeah, uh, we had just opened one uh, November 2019 uh, in New York, and we had it open for about five months. We closed it because of COVID, and then ended up, you know, being done with it. But we're in the process of we're going to be opening a couple more stores. Uh, we're opening one in Chicago uh, in September. We're opening one in October in New York, and then another one uh, in California next quarter or early next year. But um, so, so. We're excited about you know getting back into stores and opening stores and then uh as far as you know other retailers we we have a partnership with nordstrom that that's relatively new for us we're in 15 nordstrom stores uh and so we're excited about trying to grow that partnership together uh and we have a good partnership with stitch fix as well and so that's those are two channels that we're pretty focused on growing over the coming years both you know our own retail stores and then working uh with other retailers as well great uh, this is a question for both of you, and we'll start with Holly. What's been a highlight for you in the last few years that you're particularly proud of, either professionally or uh, individually? Um, good question. I think it, just professionally for for the last year or so, I think we had we made a big effort to bring a lot of our creative talent and our media spend and media buying in-house. And that was a big push. Um, and it, it took about a year to kind of get there, but we have a pretty substantial creative team now that 
puts out all of the ads and all of the different creatives you see all across the web that look so good and so awesome all the time. Um, and I think that that has just given us a little bit more control on the brand and the creative and some of the tone and messaging that we maybe didn't have before. So th that was a lot of work. That was a lot of adjustment, but it's gone, I think, pretty well so far. And we're still refining it and growing and building out of there. And uh, same question for you as well, Zach. I think, I, I mean, I, I'm most proud of, you know, or, or what I, you know, what comes to mind immediately is just kind of the team that we have at Public Rec. Uh, and, you know, thinking about we're a team of 17 today and, and uh, you know, we, we, you know, everyone who works here, you know, cares a lot, works hard, is fun to be around. Um, and it just, it just, it, yeah, I, I'm, I feel fortunate for the people we have and um, it feels like we're all aligned on a common goal of really, you know, growing the brand and doing good work together. Uh, Zach, tell me about when you started the company and through the, the evolution, what were some things that you thought were gonna be easy but wound up being hard? And then hard that wound up being easy. Easy that wound up being hard. Uh, I don't. It was hard to have an expectation on it being easy, but something that was, up, I guess, a lot harder than I anticipated was just managing fulfillment. Um, we've worked with a few different fulfillment partners. It's, it's always been just very challenging. Uh, and so, and so, you know, managing returns, managing orders going out on time, making sure our inventories, you know not being misplaced and being handled correctly. All of that has been, it's, it can be stressful. Um, and then something that ended up being easy that I thought was going to be hard. I have to give that more thought. Well, it's all right. We get deep here on the marketing stair. People don't realize <laughs> that they, uh, you know, yeah, that could be your final thought at the end. And Zach, talk to me about the kind of the evolution of the company in the sense of where, you started, right? It was the, the first few years, just kind of you in, in an apartment. And then when did it kind of, all right, I'm adding employees. This is starting to click for us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like you mentioned, the first few years, uh, ran the business by myself and, you know, trying to get to a point where it was self-sustaining, where I felt like we could support hiring people. Um, but was very nervous to do it in the beginning. Uh, to hire outside and like wanted to make sure that the business was working and that we had a customer base. And so uh, in the beginning, we do this Kickstarter. Uh, the Kickstarter goes well. And moving from Chicago to New York, we manufacture in New York. Um, so I'm living in New York, uh, a couple blocks from the factory. So I'm visiting the factory a few times a day. And I'm visiting the fulfillment center, which was in Brooklyn a few times, sorry, a few times a week. Both were a few times a week. Um, and, you know, handling customer service, responding to emails as people get this, you know, anyone has questions, the returns are coming to my apartment though, you know, once a week, I'm steaming returns in my apartment, folding them, putting them in new poly bags and then bringing them back to the fulfillment center. Um, so that they can be put back into inventory for those that were, you know, in fine quality. Uh, and then just like, you know, in the beginning working with a lot of different freelancers, agencies, and then fortunately got to a point where, you know, the brand was, a little bit bigger, it was growing, uh, and started hiring people two and a half years ago. Um, yeah, and we've kind of grown the team ever since. Like any, 
news or something that's coming up, maybe a new design that you'd want to share with the viewers? We've got, so our, our, our best sellers are really the all day everyday pant, all day everyday jogger. You know, we, we offer them in a lot of colors today, um, you know, eight or nine colors. We haven't added new colors in a few years. Uh, we're adding a couple new colors this fall. So we're excited to do that. Um, that'll, you know, uh, differentiate, you know, from what's currently being offered in our colors and, you know, excited for that. And then that's, re that's really, and then like, you know, we're excited for the store opening uh, that, you know, we're gonna be opening the, our first our first store or really our only store, but our, we're reopening, I guess, uh, in Chicago. Um, and we're excited for that as well. Great. And Howie, a question for you, and then I'll come back to Zach for the same question. So one of our staple questions here is, uh, what's a message on LinkedIn that uh, gets a response from you? And what's one that really annoys you? Good question. Um, a, good, a good message probably what most people think, but is personalized. There's something in there that is specific and relevant to me. And it's more than just like a canned type of thing of, I saw we went to the same college, but something a little bit more in depth than that. Um, and then also, I hope to be pretty clear on what it is you're trying to talk about in that message. Uh, and then on the flip side of it is when I read the message and I have no idea what they're asking for and they want a 30 minute meeting and I don't know what the meeting is going to be about. So it's hard to do that. <laughs> and then the, the other one is a big pet peeve of mine is when, uh, when someone reaches out saying that they're a, they're a huge fan, they love our products and they've never bought from us. I can see that. <laughs> and it's just uh, a little fluff to gain some, some favor, but uh, might backfire on them. <laughs> that's funny then you can like look them up you're like actually you, wait, do you use a different name when you purchase our products i looked it up you haven't purchased anything yeah i love that and same question for you zach um yeah i think similar to howie you know if it's personalized that'll get my attention if if they name you know a competitor that they've worked with and they talk you know that i'll always pay attention to um and then uh, either and then the flip side of when it's you know not as great of a message as either if it's you can tell it's you know a can you know they say it to everyone or it's like they misspelled my name uh, either one of those and it's like okay um, probably not a great connection. Well Zach you said something there so when if someone mentions a competitor um, does that pique your interest okay maybe they know something that, that sort of thing, or, or is it, okay, well, I want a fresh perspective, but what, what, what is it that, uh, of the mention of the competitor that gets your attention? If they say like, you know, I worked with, you know, X brand, or we've done this for X brand, uh, and it's a brand that, you know, we follow or think highly of, or, you know, is someone that, we're, that we look to, um, then it's like, okay, maybe it's, you know, worth having a conversation, understand what they did for that brand, understand if, you know, they could add value for our brand and yeah. And then if you're Howie, Howie goes in and does the research and make sure that they actually work with that brand. So <laughs> right. uh, they're just not right. saying anything, you know, awesome, awesome. There are, yeah, there are a lot of companies who 
have the logos of brands they may or, may or they worked with many years ago and it's like yeah yeah they haven't worked with in like 14 years and it's like well hey you worked with that at one point but at least so you may right. have some some insight so uh, are there not competitors but are there other brands out there as a whole because we talk to a lot of people um on the retail side like you know when you as you're you know opening up the stores where they have to do something different right i'm fortunate to be in new york city where most of the flagships are so i get a different kind of experience than say someone like you know in san antonio maybe the store is different right where so how do you think retail has changed and why why the stores now why do you feel like people want the physical stores i do i know i do uh but talk to me a little bit about that yeah i think i think part of it for us was like feeling like we were big enough as a brand um to support it both financially and then like you know existing customer base or you know, hopefully new customers that maybe had heard of the brand before but didn't want to order online, wanted to check it out in store. So we were just kind of on that cusp of feeling like we're big enough where, you know, if we open a store in a certain location, if someone walks by, maybe they'll have heard of the brand before. And if, uh, or, or if not, and you know, we talk about it or put it on our website, it might drive traffic towards the store. Um, but I think, I think, you know, always kind of interested in stores and thinking like it, it could be a good channel for us. Then we had that test in New York where we were open for five months and that was going well. Um, and then like, you know, the, we are so focused on the fabrics and making sure that, the, you know, it's super high quality and premium. So it's like, if a, if a customer can, can shop it in store and feel the, feel the fabrics before they're purchasing it, it's just uh, such an added benefit to, you know, interacting with the brand and understanding what we're about as a brand. And then uh, just last one, AJ, I know uh, before we get to you, just are, are there, doesn't have to be retail, you know, just are there brands out there now that you feel are just, they're, they're getting it right. There's like the personalization, there, there's there's some brands out there who are getting it right that you like to kind of aspire to. Yeah, how are you want to go first or did you direct it at me? Sorry, I apologize. Oh, either one. Yeah, this is, uh, we've got the dynamic duo here. So uh, whatever you, you know, whoever wants to jump in. <laughs> Trying to think how to take it. Um... <laughs> I can, I can throw, I mean, all birds. If there's any airlines out there, like offering a personal touch, like, you know, uh, I feel like that personal touch, what I'm going with is I feel like that personal touch, the connectivity to the client, the customer is, is so important. So, you know, is there like, well, you know, I feel like American Airlines or some other company, like, you know, a brand is getting it right and, and, and or our mission is to X, you know, get back to the customer, whatever you, however you want to take that. I told you we get deep here. Uh, at the yeah. uh, the marketing stir, the, the one brand I was I mean like this is maybe as generic or, or uh, I'm I feel like everyone uh, yeah I just think Warby Parker provides a, a really good experience for customers uh, you know if something ever goes wrong my, my dad can't you know he's always talking about the brand because of the customer service um, and so like you know that evangelism of you know he's, he loves talking about the brand he loves wearing the glasses and then like talking about his experience buying the glasses because they've always just provided a great customer experience. Even if something goes wrong, it's like they immediately fix it and he's happy with the resolution. Um, but yeah, that's a, yeah. Good. I love it. Brand. I have a kind of a different one, I guess. Um, not so relevant to what we do in apparel, but 
I've, I'm a big fan of Airbnb and use them a lot. And to see kind of like the pivot they made during COVID where they made it so much easier for like local getaways and weekend getaways that are more road trip oriented when no one could really travel, just spoke to you know, how they, how they looked at their customers and how they were willing and able to kind of change things to make it a little bit more accessible and more appealing to them. Um, and at least it worked on me. Nice. Now AJ's going to get into the personal side. <laughs> well, one other work question, and then we'll get into the personal <laughs> side. Uh, related to kind of the personal touch, you know, how many, or I guess, is there a large percentage of users that are repeat customers? And how do you guys keep your uh, CRM base uh, engaged? You take it, Howie. Okay. Uh, yeah. So as the company has grown, we've seen stronger and stronger repeat rates uh, just year over year as that customer base itself continues to grow. And then uh, as we've expanded our product line and added the women's line in, just more options and opportunities to buy something, whether it's multiple colors of the pair of pants or it's a top to go with the pants to complete an outfit. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's kind of the, the the main. Zach, anything to add there? Uh, th just the yeah, and then like CRM stuff and uh, we've been building the email list. We're you know uh, sending you know email updates are relevant and and, and um, yeah, I think I think something we talk about a lot internally is you know how many times trying to email our customers and, you know, we don't want to flood their inbox. We want to remind them that we exist. We have information that we think they might be interested in about, you know, a new product, a back in stock email. Um, so that's just, you know, a, a continual debate and test of like, you know, how do we talk to our customers through email? So last question uh, from my end, what do you guys like to do in your free time? And we can start with you, Zach. Um, I like to golf, definitely over summer. Um, I try to play as much as I can. Uh, I have a pretty big family, so spend time with them otherwise. And Howie, same for you? Uh, living in Chicago, always been a strong proponent of the best way to see the city is to eat your way through it. So just going out to dinner, lunch, whatever it is, trying different foods, and especially after this last year, I feel very out of the loop on what all the cool restaurants are and the new restaurants are. So excited to kind of get back out there and explore the different neighborhoods of the city and eat some good food. Nice. Yeah. I enjoyed my time when I was in Chicago and, uh, you know, many times I had a crazy Chicago, I flew out and at the airport, I'm a Chicago bulls fan, even though I grew up in New York flying out at the airport, Scotty Pippen, and at dinner with my friends, Gino's East, it was Brian Erlacher right next to us. I got to meet two Chicago legends in like one trip. It was amazing. And uh, cool. I mean, I didn't get any autographs or anything, but it was just like, I got to say hello to them. I was like, this is insane. If Michael Perfect. Jordan walks in or like, you know, uh, this will be amazing. So it was, so it was, it was pretty cool. Uh, Zach, one question for you. So you lived in New York and you moved back to Chicago. I've never met anyone who's done that before because people, they love New York city. So tell me what happened there. <laughs> How did you move? What made you move back from New York to Chicago? <laughs> I was going to be there temporarily. Um, 
I was, I'm from Chicago, from the suburbs. My whole family's here. So I always knew I wanted to come back. I actually, I was planning to only be there for five months. I ended up staying for nine months. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I knew I wanted to be in Chicago. I knew I wanted to build the company in Chicago. And so um, bo- both great cities. I won't, <laughs> I won't give pros or cons on for both of them, but uh, yeah. Oh, I know. I'm just messing with you. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, that's where the family is. You started the company there. This has been awesome, gentlemen. Please check out publicrec.com. That's uh, public and then rec.com. And I can't wait till the store comes here in New York. I am right here. Would love to go visit it. That is Howie Zisser. He is the head of marketing. That's also Zach Goldstein. He's the CEO and founder. I am Vincent Petrofessa. That's Mr. AJ Gupta. This has been another episode of The Marketing Stir. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to The Marketing Stir podcast by Starista. Please like, rate, and subscribe. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, email us at themarketingstir at starista.com. And thanks for listening.